hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. Welcome to it. Another short week for me because I got a bachelor party in D.C. Man, what is up with all these bachelor parties? Everybody I know is getting married. They're getting hitched. In the last few hours, we've been playing sad songs. Oh, no. So I wanted to play, enough of that. I wanted to play something funky. A little bit of a deep cut. Got to try a new position. Is this Prince or is this Squiggly Sign? Oh, this is Prince. This is 1986. Okay. You know the, uh, you know Kiss. Kiss? Yeah, the number one song that everybody knows that, by him. That, that might be the best cover song <laughs> ever. Yeah? I mean, really, that may be. I've, I've, I've been thinking about that, and I, I mean, I can't name them all, but I heard a couple of them. Oh, karaoke song, yeah. Or no, cover. Yeah? He covered Kiss. And by from who? Uh, what's his name? I don't believe he did. I think he wrote that song. Okay. Well, now, hey, I no, will I not he, challenge you on he that. He wrote that song initially as a country song. I just want your extra time and your kiss. And then it, he realized, and he was going to give it to a different band called Maserati. And I thought it was cut before he cut it. And no, there's like I, there are recordings out there of him, a rough demo, him on just an acoustic guitar. Okay, okay, never mind then. Um, and and when it comes to that music, album, I generally know nothing about music. But that album has that song on it, the okay. Under the Cherry Moon mm-hmm. Parade album from 1986. So that's one of his best songs, in my opinion. That yeah, dope. that's a good one. That was a big number one hit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> song. It's played everywhere. It's one everybody knows. But I don't play it that often because I've heard it enough. It's like, yeah. You don't play Seven enough. Yeah. That's my favorite that's Prince your song. Favorite Prince song oh, yeah. is Seven. Yeah, that's a good one, too. I like that one, too. But, um, you know, tonight, I, I'm here in a weird mood tonight. I'm glad you're here. Troy's out because, man, he's got this bad back. I feel for the guy. I really do. <laughs> I feel for him. Um, I really do. It sucks. So get better soon, man. Um, he'll be back probably next. Well, next Monday we'll be out. So again, is next Monday Labor Day? Labor Day is next Already? Monday. Yeah, I know. Gosh, that's crazy. So it's going to be a short week, two weeks in a row. And though I'm looking forward to it, it also throws you off because you're preparing to take off, and then I'm also in a weird mood because of the news with uh, John McCain. Um, it's a weird mix of emotions. Yeah. Because John McCain uh, succumbed. He, he died due to the same thing as my mother. Uh, glioblastoma, I believe it's called. Glioblastoma. 
type of brain cancer that is inoperable because it isn't like it's just one big tumor. It goes through like the neural pathways. Yeah. And so you might get part of it with radiation. The other part will come back. It'll regrow. Uh, that was our saga. And as much as I disagree with John McCain and really don't like John McCain, in fact, the news is kind of annoying me today, like the over-the-top praise for the guy. Maybe people were better friends with him than... And I'm just looking at it through the lens of politics. Uh, it's annoying me. But all that said... I kind of, because I saw my mom go through the stages of that mm-hmm. particular type yeah. of brain cancer, it was not a good end for him. It was not a fun end. Um, and I will say that the one thing that I tell folks about that t- disease that is the most, I think, nefarious is like, I lost my mom way before she died. Exactly. Like it, uh, for the folks out there who know folks with dementia or Alzheimer's, it's similar. You, I mean, you lose the person. What do, like they're what still it, there. What do you What do you think's worse, Joey? Uh, now I thought we were going to be happy, but but this is why I'm in a weird mood today because I can't help but be reminded. Is, is Is it worse if someone gets dementia or Alzheimer's and they kind of gradually go downhill, and then you have an ex? long extended period of time where they're uh, you know just out in the never sphere or like with with cancer because the same with my mother she had pancreatic cancer Mm. and when it when it attached to her liver she I mean she just lost her mind and she's but it was it was I don't know how to put it it was so fast it was, you know, it wasn't like three months right. of, you know, dealing with my mother right. in a state where she, she wasn't recognized you, yeah. but, and then she was a little girl and, and all these things and right. the hospice people were, were dynamite. Likewise. They were wonderful. Likewise. Hospice in Montgomery was fantastic. And that, that's who we used. And, and and they warned us. They said, look, when it gets in her liver, it's going, I mean, she's going to lose her mind. Yeah. And she's going to do, we don't know what, but it, she's going to become a different person. Yeah. And my mother at least was sweet, though. She didn't, yeah. she didn't go to that ugly, you know, cussing you out, having a fit spell. She, she actually like kind of reverted back to being a she little was girl. a little a little child yeah. and my uh, I don't want to give away too much but my mom went through all the different phases of she was mean at one point then she went kind of the little girl phase um, and luckily she was comfortable but you know and this is again why I'm in a weird mood I had the privilege and I think millions of other people did interview with uh, the guy who wrote Fight Club he wrote a, another one called Guts he Chuck Palahniuk and uh, or Palinick, I can't remember exactly how you say his name. And he is kind of specializes in finding really extreme versions of stories we all have to where mm-hmm. they get really gross and like so people he's not everybody's cup of tea. But he made some comment. Um he was trying to convince the interviewer that no, I'm a bad person. <laughs> Why? Why are you a bad person? This is all, it's Joe Rogan's podcast. It's all, you can find it now. Um, and he said, well, one thing that really stuck with me is, like, he's lost both his parents at this point. He's probably in his 50s. 
He's lost both his parents. He's like, yeah, since that's happened, unless, I mean, you could be tortured, other things, terrible things could happen to you. But once you lose both your parents, you're kind of bulletproof in terms of, like, mental, like, misery, that or losing a child. I don't know if he has children. I think he's gay. Um, So I kind of went through that where it's like, oh, things irritate me, things are miserable, but having gone through what I do with my mom, it's like, well, nothing compared to that in terms of misery and just psychological pain. But then he said something else that I'd never heard anybody say that I experienced that I felt guilty for experiencing. And I'll say it tonight. As much misery because my mom was my world. Maybe too much. She was like this external conscience to me. So she meant it was like my world coming crashing down when she died. But there's also, and this is what Palinik said about when, especially his mom passed, because she went slowly as well, is there is also a weird sense of relief. Like, I'm never going to have to worry about mom again. And I experienced that. And I never heard anybody else say it. I was like, yep, he's right, though. And I think a lot of people experience that, where you're so hurt that you can't find that person's not there in that form anymore. But also, there's not going to be the thing in the back of your mind is mom all right, and your mind plays tricks on you. Is today the day? No. Today's not the day for me. You know, it's... uh, No, what I'm saying is I remember going through... Oh, yeah. It, it, When's it going to happen? Yeah, because cause Mama, it was, if if I told you the exact days, you would call me a liar because the hospice nurse says it's not physically possible. She did not eat or drink anything for mm-hmm. over 20 days. And every day you woke up and it was, is today the day? Yeah. And there is, uh, an, an, you know I understand. What I mean. yeah. And then there is a guilt that is laid on top of the relief of how can you be happy that your mother passed on? Right. And But it is but a release. You know, we, we don't know. We all have our ideas of what's going to happen when we pass on. But we don't know for sure because none of us have been there. Right. Only one has claimed to have been there and come, come back. back. Yeah. And and you can put your belief in the Lord Jesus, and you know you have a hope. Yeah. And we're and that's what the scripture says. You have a hope in Him. Yeah. And you hope that what He says is correct. And, and I believe it is. But uh, believing and knowing are two different things. Well, Ben, the thing I want to take away from this discussion, because I know people are going home and people might listen to this later. We're now The show's now on iTunes for now, by the way. That is great. I saw yeah. that today. Subscribe on iTunes. That's the easiest way if you want. I know everybody can't listen to the whole thing when you're driving home. Um, but what I want to take from this is how powerful it is when you go through something and you think, I'm the only person feeling this. And then you listen to other people and you realize, oh, wow, we're all kind of going through the same thing when we come to that point. Yeah. And you can share in that. And then there are other weird ideas, like when the terrible thing happens to you, 
I saw it in John McCain's testimony. I think in this letter that he said last, I'm not going to focus on the political crap because I could yell and scream about John McCain and his politics all day long. But when he talked about, I wouldn't give up the terrible times for all the, if I, it means giving up the good. And you're talking about a man who was tortured as a prisoner of war. And that's a weird thing. I've heard other people, addicts, say that. It's like, I wouldn't give up my addiction and all the terrible things I did with it because it may be the person I am today. Right. It's a weird thing where it's like the thing that you fear the most and should not happen also makes you in some way a better person or a more complete person or makes you who you are and you like who you are. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, just I mean, even the little simple things, Joey, you and I, if we had not went through similar right. circumstances with our mother and had similar faith, I mean, we wouldn't be friends right now. Not I mean, to the same extent. No, because, I mean, that's kind of where we just kind of connected because... Jokes I mean, only go was, so far. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. I mean, it was within about a six-month period of when your yeah. mother passed to when I found out that my mother was going to. Yeah. And... You being willing to be open enough to have a, and this was not over the airways, but have a personal conversation and just say, hey, man, look, I've been there. And it means a lot more when somebody, somebody can say, oh, I'm, I feel for you. I'm, I'm going to pray for you. Right. And that's great. People, that is 100% yeah. wonderful. But when somebody else says, dude, I just lost my mother. Which I know you did, right? Uh, obviously, and and you say something, it means something. it's the difference in sympathy and empathy, oh, and, yeah. and empathy is so much stronger. And I mean, you just kind of bond and to be willing to be open and talk about things instead of keeping everything bottled in. Yeah, it's good. I mean, and this is a great you know vessel to to use to get it out there. Well, and I just want folks to know, like we joke around a lot. Huh. Half the crap we say what? is not serious at all. What? But, uh, I mean, the reason I think we we bonded is because of these deeper things and uh, respect for the deeper things and just common experience, even though it, it might have been experienced in a different way, in your own unique way, and everybody has their own journey. Uh, that's the real meat and potatoes of the, of the situation of relationships. And it's, again, it's counterintuitive. And the older I get, the more I realize, oh, go after, you know, Joseph Campbell used to say, follow your bliss. Now he says, follow your blisters. Like that thing you're most afraid of and that seems painful. That's no, right. So, yeah. run towards it. You know, feel it. Feel the pain. It'll make you better. It'll make you stronger. Um Though it makes me think of a uh, well, and take it head on instead of avoiding it and trying to. You I mean you can keep, the blister's going to stay there if you keep dodging it. I mean until you you hit it head on. So yeah, that's that's a really good saying. I like that. Well, and what is it that Nietzsche Nietzsche said that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and that's become a common phrase in the culture about when my mom was really sick, and I knew the day that the day, as you put it earlier, was coming. I was reading a tiny book. It's just a collection of a few essays uh, by Christopher Hitchens. And he was writing it on days where he could when he's going through the chemotherapy. He died of esophageal cancer. Throat cancer. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the essays is on that phrase, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And he goes, 
Well, yes, I get the spirit of the phrase and all this stuff, but being a guy who has constantly gone through chemo treatments some days where I thought I couldn't even use my hands and my hands or my voice to write things, that, no, it didn't make me stronger. <laughs> it's leaving me alone, and I'm scared. Um, so there's there's a perspective to everything. Um, and the, I'm learning to be able to, to talk about it and kind of face it head on, and so... It gives me more of a personal perspective of what happened with John McCain. I mean, well, it is, is it's a shame. And, and I, I heard you earlier today, you know, kind of put it in in the sense of, you know, can't stand the dude's politics, don't right. care nothing about what he stood for or what he did as a politician, but... Uh, you know, he's still a dude. Well, like, he's got yeah. children. He's got a wife. What got what really got me going today is not so much thinking about oh, John McCain's like pro-war and I'm anti-war. That wasn't what got me going today. It's more the statements of like, like Barack Obama said, we both were debating with a loyalty to higher ideals or something like a higher yeah, purpose. Yeah, that's, that's got nothing to do with and, it. But that when, that's when what got me going. Your love when passes. Yeah. You're not thinking about ideals, what mm-hmm. they did, what they did, have done, or what they could have done. When when they pass, there's absolutely nothing. As a family member, there's nothing at all except for pain yeah. of the loss at that time. And then... And it feels like eternity. <laughs> it, it, it really does. I mean, and then then you go back and you remember the good things, and you have that, you know, period that that you you know you're remembering what they did and and the the fond memories. But it still hits me. I mean, it hit me yesterday morning. I just happened to where my mother is buried happens right. to be right close to uh, where we own some land and. Yeah. And uh, I drove by yesterday, and I just looked over, and the green tent was up for a, a you know, another, yeah. And and when I saw the green tent, I mean, it just hit me, just like that. Yeah. And it was like, you know, it was that was yesterday. I was toting my mother up there. Yeah. And uh, no, that wasn't yesterday. That was One time. almost three years ago. Time does play tricks, but I mean, what I was getting at, what was really aggravating me today. Is that's always the excuse? I think politicians or anybody else uses. Like, the, I'm sure there are people in the Catholic Church in the hierarchy. I'm not talking about your everyday layman going to church, but like this new thing with Pope Francis, how he kind of knew about the cardinal and didn't do anything. It always comes back to all manner of sins, I guess, can be forgiven as long as we're appealing to higher ideals. Yeah. And it's just, it comes across to me as like a, a gimmick, like a joke, a sad, twisted joke. That because we're, like, whether it's the politician representing the state or the pope representing the, the church and all is good and holy, it's like, well, because we represent these things, then don't look at all the bad stuff we've done. And it's just, oh, it drives me nuts. It drives well, me up and, a wall. and to me, it doesn't really, Joey. It does not ma- even make any sense. I mean, that's it's not a time for that. Did right. you have a personal relationship with that person? Do Do you right. honestly miss John McCain right now? Was he a friend of yours? If not, oh. then just keep your mouth shut. You, you, right? People, it's like he was they, a symbol to me, yeah, as far as I'm concerned. It's like people feel forced to make a statement about things. Just shut up. 
You know, I mean, just... <laughs> but we're not allowed in this culture, man. It's none your business. No, 24-7 instant communication. We gotta make a statement. Barack Obama, what do you think about John McCain's passing? Well... You're not the president. That's what he said to him face to face. Now that he's dead, he's going to say something nice about him. Just simply say, I, I, John and I were not friends. I met him. I knew him. Uh, I feel bad for his family. Well, what they and also, leave it at that. But what they appeal to is we, we both played this game of trying to win power, and I respect how he and, played the game. And That's, a, that's how it comes across to me, and, and I don't like the game at all. That's what aggravates it's me. It's a backhanded way of saying we both played the game, and remember, I beat him. Remember? Yeah, yeah. I, I beat him. See, but I, I'm I, the president. I actually, the election's over, John. And I know that people, there's a report that John Kelly and Sarah Sanders, Huckabee Sanders, wanted to put out a statement about McCain being a hero and all this I stuff. Don't, but actually, I liked Trump's tweet. He said, our thoughts and prayers go to the family. That's simple. And it immediately, and that's why I started the show this they way. They weren't friends. I immediately thought about my family. No, they weren't friends. And for Trump to call him a hero would mean Trump was backtracking on th- things he actually said before. I think well, if the stories are true, and they probably are, what McCain did in that POW camp was heroic. I think that moment in his life was downright heroic. Saying, I don't want to be released until everybody else is released. That is a heroic action. I, honorable. I would, honorable I would, heroic. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I would definitely go honorable. But it's funny. Again, it comes back to this is a one action, an incredible action. It meant a lot of pain and suffering. Does that define a man? In a way, it does. It, uh, but then yeah. your heroes keep living. And they do other things. And you go, well, I don't like them because of that. <laughs> like, it is, uh, it's it's a complicated, messy world. God, it really is. That's, that's pretty heavy right there. Uh, no, guys. and you know how I said, like, that moment when you're in the middle of it? And I'm sure John's McCain's family feels this way. Like, the suffering, the loss. There's one little poem that I, and it's short, that I kept coming back to. And it... It's about pain and suffering, but other things. Um, weird title, Zarathustra's Rundelay. It's essentially a, a refrain, a constantly repeating thing. And there are a lot of different... It was, I think, originally written in German, so there are a lot of different English translations. But it says, O man, take heed. What saith deep midnight? Indeed. I lay asleep... Asleep, I waked from my deep dream. The world is deep, and deeper than even day may dream. Deep is its woe. Joy, deeper yet than woe is she. Saith woe, hence go, yet joy would have eternity. Profound, profound eternity. And that's how I kind of felt. It's like, the, when the pain's there, you just wanted to go away. But it feels like forever. And when something joyful is there, you're like, I want it to last forever. And then it flows through your fingers. Yet they're both there. And the world is deeper than we could even imagine. And it just, it hit me. Like, it could be an intellectual thing. It could be an academic thing. I wouldn't have understood this stupid little poem unless I had gone through that pain. Weird way to begin a week. 
especially a week where I'm supposed to be going to have fun for a bachelor party and, you know. But that's what I took from John McCain's passing. I couldn't help but think about my own family, your family. There's another woman out there I know, uh, work with for a short time, BB, her father died of the same type of brain cancer. And uh, it became personal for me. And if anything I've learned in the past few years of being in this weird world of talk radio is the personal is a hell of a lot more important than the political. Yes, most definitely. A hell of a lot more important than the political. Personal eclipses it all day, every day. And uh, it... On a lighter note, I kind of shake my head when I see people who should be friends, who are friends, get upset at each other for different political views, like really upset. Not just, you know, a heated argument that's fun, but like, I don't know I can talk to them anymore. Like, oh, come on, man. Yeah, you can. And I hope people can see um, past John McCain's other transgressions and just think about the man and the family. And see, that's what, I mean... Why is it, Joey, that people can't separate the two? Why can you not despise someone's policies but still care for them as a person? <sighs> I mean, I mean, why why is it so Because in a way it is it's at a certain tied point together. it becomes personal. Like imagine McCain's advocating for this war and you're and you lose somebody in that war. Or you think about the people who get caught up in these things. I mean, policies do are can be personal. It's not completely removed. But it's, I mean, it's it's way beyond that. I mean, that would be an individual deal. I could kind of go along with that. But I mean, the differences we have, like yeah. on abortion, the differences that you and I have on abortion. I don't hate you because you don't believe exactly like I do on abortion. Right. We're probably pretty close, too. So, why is it that people can't separate the two and still... Because it's tough. Coexist and get along. Because John McCain's a symbol. A lot of people, a lot of these people we talk about all day in pop culture and the news, they're not people to us. They're symbols of ideas we like or don't like. And uh, that's a big problem with our new age of social media. And that's, that's a good way to put it. That, that's, that's a great point. They're symbols. They're not human beings. And we don't treat them as human beings. We treat them as symbols. <laughs> I love this line. All good things they say never last. But. Love is love until it's Joey Clark. Gonna find my baby, gonna hold her tight, gonna grab some afternoon delight. My motto's always been when it's right, it's right. Why wait until the middle of a cold, dark night? Sing it. Sky rockets in flight. Afternoon delight. 
You know, life can be sad. Downright tragic. It can be damn sure good, though. Yeah, it can. A little afternoon delight. See, for me, it's more morning delights or late night delights. I'm working in the afternoon. If I ever had an afternoon delight, I'd be like, Joey, what did you do in that radio studio? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Man, good song, too. I don't, want to say, I don't want you to say a word, but I just want to tell the audience, you were grinning like a fool over there listening to that song, like you've done something. Don't you dare say a word. He's zipping up his lips, ladies and gentlemen. My lips are sealed. <laughs> Let's go to the phones and talk to Randall. Man, hey, Joey, you can have a blueberry delight up there. I mean, that's the afternoon delight there ever was one. I mean, hey, ain't Did you say bluebell? Blueberry delight. You know, one of those good old southern blueberry pies. They call it blueberry delight. Oh, blueberry pie. Okay. Man, I want to go back. I want to, like y'all talking about this. And, and, and I want to say, like, like my aunt was married married to a man who had all, they got all time late in life. And he come to my life late in life. So, of course, it was two, two and a half really long, hard years on her. And I was happy for her that he passed. Yeah. Man, yeah, I mean, I really did. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not I'm hang out. I, I see y'all, so yeah, I wish y'all mother was here, but, but I seen that for, you know, them long, hard years, and yet she couldn't play and couldn't go nowhere. We was all taking turns, yeah. and you, you had to feed them. You know what I mean? Yeah, you it's, it's a, but, it's a burden. But, yeah. but then you go, you take John McCain, you take somebody, it was just Carl Barron now. I mean, he was hard on John, and, 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 and what, and what and what what eighty four said earlier is just like slapping Baron, but back, but stuff done hurt Baron's kid, hurt my kid. And and when y'all say that he's a hero for not getting out of the war, he 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 said that at first, but then they tortured him, and he had so many people got killed because of him. And I'm not gonna take up for him. I'm not. Gonna, I mean, and, and so if you, I mean, you connected him one way, but Baron wasn't connected in that way. And and my aunt loved that man, and wish she could have fed him ten more years like that. But I was glad he was gone. You know what I mean? So you got y'all got got everybody's got a different connect on different level. So I mean, John McCain is responsible for a lot of people being. Well, that's a that's an honest take, Randall, and thank you for the call, man. Well, no, and based on what Randall just said, I appreciate it because I cannot stand out of etiquette or you know good society. If you really don't like somebody and they pass away, and you pretend like all nice about it, no, you don't know them, you don't like them. Say it. Yeah. If somebody asks your opinion, I was lucky. I've said this before. I was lucky that my mom was an amazing person. She had her flaws. She's a little too demanding. I think her standards are a little too high, so she's always disappointed. I mean, there's stuff. She had flaws like any other sure. person. Everybody But does. I was lucky to be able to stand up at that church podium and give a eulogy that was honest. Wasn't sugarcoating it. I can imagine, though, some people had parents or have parents where if they pass, you're going to be like, Dad was an a-hole. <laughs> like, is what you want to say. Yeah. I know. I, I mean, I, I have I have some close friends that 
will say that. Right. And, and it just, it, it, I'm a taken back when they say things about. And for the record, I don't feel that way about my dad. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I'm not talking about Julie for the record. So yeah. everybody will know. But, uh, and if you think I'm talking about you, any of my friends out there listening, it's not you. It's, some, <laughs> it's somebody else. person, yeah. But no, I mean, I'll hear them say something about one of their parents. And I'm not saying they're wrong. Right. I'm saying I never experienced that. Yes. I, but I've 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 got two or had two of the greatest parents that God ever put on the face of the earth. Yeah. And I I still fortunately I have my daddy. Now my daddy, he pisses me off. Oh my <laughs> God. He he pissed me and my brother off yesterday so bad. <laughs> but he's still my daddy. Right. And he's I mean, he's great and He's one of those few people that nobody can really say anything bad about. You know, yeah. we chunk that phrase around. You find somebody to say something bad about uh, Albert Sharp, you better check out the person that says it. Because, yeah. I mean, he's just that decent of a guy. He's that kind. And my mother was the same way. I mean, Mama was, I, no, not perfect. They no. both screwed up, and they did a lot of things wrong. But, uh, and that's one thing, you know, you're talking about the the relief and the guilt that comes from feeling that relief when they do pass, is, is what has hit me, Joey, is uh, as I've gotten to where I can cope with the fact of losing my mother, now the grief that I'm going through is that my daddy... Does happen. not have his wife. Yeah, goodness. And and we, Lauren and I, this morning we were just we were just laying in the bed, and we, we got to giggling because I mean, every single morning we play slap and tickle, and I mean, <laughs> as I start waking what up, the hell is that? Oh yeah. <laughs> I reach over and tickle her, and she slaps the crap out of me and says, get off me. But about 5 o'clock or so, when I start doing my, when I start rolling over and beginning to wake up, it's a, it's a process, and I'll roll over, and it's just slap and tickle, slap and tickle. And uh, I'm not going. I'm not going any further than Don't that. Stop saying that phrase. That's I hilarious. am not. I am not going <laughs> to go to hide the pickle. It's right. just slapping tickle. Rubbing sticks and stones together make a sponsor. Yeah, sometimes you stop by the house around. Shut up. One third. The, Shut uh, up, slap. But tickle. anyhow. <laughs> we say that, and I'm trying to lighten things up Good and, and kind of giggle. But you know what? You know, I know that my parents, as much as it makes me want to throw up in my mouth, they did the same thing. And when my daddy wakes up in the morning at 4 o'clock and he, his yeah. arm flops over, there's nobody beside him. Right. No, and you feel grab. for him. Yeah. And, and to wake well, up and say, wanna, get your hands off me. But I want to bring it back to the, a public figure passes, like John McCain. It's uh, I, it, what I long for these days, especially in heated political circles, is the room, the space for honesty. And I'm not talking about like, oh... Tell me the unadulterated truth as I want to hear it. I mean, no. giving somebody the room to say how they really feel. 
If you saw John McCain died and your reaction was good riddance, say it. I'm not going to judge you for that. Actually, understand that point of view. If mm-hmm. you think the world of him, say it. If it's you don't like him because of what of Trump or something else, let's talk about it. And this is a great moment where I think it's a it's a place where I hope people are just being honest about how they feel. That way, and I hope it extends beyond this moment. Because when you're actually able to be honest with one another about how you feel, doesn't mean you're right. Yeah. But it allows people to understand one another and figure out what the hell is right. And, and I think that is what holds people back from having honest communication is, I'm right, you're wrong. This is a football game. Somebody's going to win. Right. You no, know, not necessarily. Maybe you can leave the conversation saying, you know, you made a very valid point. I don't agree with you, but at least you had an intelligent set of facts that backed up your point. I think I had, and you can leave the argument or the conversation the same way. It's, But it's, it's just so... It's... Somebody's got to win at yep. everything, and that's and as big as I, you know how big I am about winning. I mean, oh yeah, well, win. no. and I do want I do want to lighten up here, and I want to bring up last Friday, where you were going on and on about your fashion advice when it comes to ties and short sleeve buttons. And I was right. And button down collars. Yeah, you thought you were right and that you won. Well, we got listener feedback, and I thought. This listener, I'll give her first name, Becky. I think Becky ripped you a new one in the way that you needed it, sir. Well, read what Miss Becky said. She said, Joey, I was listening to your broadcast on the way back from my lake house. Becky sent this, folks, last Friday, a few minutes after the show got over with Southernwood, Mr. Spotlow, and Brandon God's gift for us. And you were going on and on about the fashion stuff. So as she's listening to the show back from the lake house, she started thinking, quote, Joey, would you please put a polo and a tie on the ostrich neck of that loud mouth, obnoxious, know-it-all, overbearing, opinionated, irritating, irritating fashionista wannabe and let me strangle him until he turns a color that does not match his outfit? I'm not a violent person, but I'll make an exception. Well, I mean, everybody has the right to be wrong, and poor Miss Becky <laughs> is just wrong. I mean, and she went on to say, "By the way, I love when you talk about the Bible." Oh, thank you, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> and see that that does not. No, let me say this again: loudmouth. <laughs> Obnoxious, know-it-all, overbearing, opinionated, irritating. (laughs) Are you sure that doesn't say Lauren instead of Becky? No, this is not your wife. That's not Rowena. You sure? No, no, no. This is Becky saying that you are loudmouth, obnoxious, know-it-all, overbearing, opinionated, irritating. So now, see, you just gave your secret away. Rowena is saved under the name Becky in your phone. <laughs> See, this is how 84 or good old Clay Southernwood Sharp grows on you, folks. At first, you might think he's obnoxious and loudmouthed and opinionated and irritating. Oh, so irritating. I am. But then you end up marrying him. 
Hey, look, no, but no, there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. I am a loud mouth. I am obnoxious from time to time. I am irritating. Right. But I'm also loving, caring. You are. I'm a damn good daddy. I'm a pretty damn good husband. Yeah. Uh, Hard working. And I'm, I'm, I'm... the best friend anybody could ever have and and so you have to take the good with the bad that's just part of life man well part of life i love that text that that is genius i want to meet you becky i want to meet you (laughs) (laughs) that is wonderful well folks if you didn't catch friday's show go back and listen southern wood here was in rare form i'm now on itunes just search the joey clark radio yeah i was kind of ticked off when i come in because of the volleyball game i know Lauren and I, we listened to it. <laughs> we listened to it Saturday morning, and because uh, because they were out of town uh, Friday night, and she was like, "It's about exactly what Lauren did she said." Say that, did you say that you're a loudmouth, obnoxious, a know-it-all, overbearing, opinionated, and irritating? It, almost word for word is what <laughs> Lauren said. She said, "You're just incredible. It's just you're so stupid." <laughs> Let's go to the phones real quick. News talk, you're on there. Who's this? Uh, Doyle Rules. Oh, Um, Bolt. Doyle Rules, Bo. What's up? Well, um, I'll tell you what. I still wholeheartedly disagree with 84. Sure. But I know he's about to come over when he gets off the air. So I went ahead and I got out of my nice clothes with my uh, button-down blue uh, polo shirt with a black tie. And I have a stained undershirt on with blue athletic shorts, my black dress socks, and a pair of cheap, uh, what are these, New Balance uh, sandals. Yeah. Uh, now that I look like crap, I guess 84 will probably approve when he gets here, and I won't have to listen to the, you know, incessant uh, berating of uh, my choice of clothing. Don't, don't make him choke you with his ostrich neck. I'll wrap it's that thing all the way around. It's long enough. I wasn't talking about my neck. I was talking about my legs. How do you got ostrich neck out of because that? Because I started looking at you. I need to get some of those rings. <laughs> See how many I can put on and pull my head up even farther. Well, I got to say, y'all, the, um, the show, the, the first half hour was very deep. And you know, I, I took care of a grand. I moved back to Montgomery after my father died to take yeah. care of my mother who had dementia. And, yeah. uh, I, you know, a lot of what y'all were saying really hit, hit close to home. And, uh, I, I probably wouldn't have moved back to Montgomery if my father hadn't died unexpectedly, but I'm glad and, to be back home regardless of what anybody says about Montgomery. And, and, uh, and you know, you know, Bo, uh, it, it is, it's, it's hard and it sucks, but, uh, I know that you did what you should do, and we have to look at it and look at it in, in this light. When we're born, well, I don't want any accolades. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I could have done stuff a lot better, but I did the best I could at the, the I'm, time. I, the knowledge. Let me let me make my point. The point I was making is, uh, we, you know, look at it in this light. When we're born, we are completely incapable of doing anything for ourselves oh, yeah. and and our mothers and or fathers or someone takes care of us at least for the yeah. first two years i mean you can't even walk right you know and and at the end of their life is just our responsibility to take care of them 
And, You're right. And it's hard. It's hard changing your mother's diaper. That uh-huh. is the hardest thing in the world to ever do. But they did like a thousand for oh, us. Or so. You know, yeah. and and it's just it's it's your lot in life, and it's something you have to do, and well, it, it sucks, and it makes us who we are. Yeah. Well, Claire, I've told you about the um, you know having to deal with some of that and the uh, the projectile vomit stories. I think I've told you. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I had to get help with the the limited budget that we had, but I at least when when I was finished, I can say that you know when my grandmother died, it was in a house that she knew yeah. with both her grandchildren in the house at the same time, and it was peaceful peacefully in her sleep and. Uh, I, I, like I said, in retrospect, hindsight's twenty twenty, but uh, I, I, I think we did okay. There you go. Well, but both. anyway, I'm, I'm better, happier things. Not trying to go back to that, but my great show, just a, a great show this evening. Thank you, thank Bob. you, Brian. I'm glad that you're in your uh, your dirty clothes or whatever. You're... <laughs> well, good. It just uh, so long as 84 will be happy when he gets here, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be good. I, don't, I, I can't deal with any more beratement here these days. <laughs> All right. Appreciate the call, man. All right. Y'all take it easy. Bye, right, bye, Poe. Um, quickly, let's go to the phones and talk to I think this is Soldier Boy. Uh, you're correct, wise one. Or Ricardo. I was hoping or... it was Becky. Yeah, I know. Hey. Becky, Five please call. What's up, Soldier Boy? Go ahead. Go ahead, 84. No, I was. Yellow, I, you got, I, was, I heard you were called Yellowwood. I would go to the doctor and have that checked. No, Southernwood, Southernwood. not Yellowwood. Oh, I'm sorry, Yellowwood. I thought it was Yellowwood. I heard. No, no. I was going to say, oh, my bad. Uh, I was going to share something with you that my father he he died five years ago from yeah. Alzheimer's. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's terrible, God, man. Thank God for having a living will. Yeah. You got to you got to have a living will because uh, um, what was so sad was is you know. When he was in stage three, which he didn't even recognize me anymore, okay, he had, you know, the, had to wear the diapers. Because stage four, your brain doesn't even tell you to swallow or to breathe, so you're, you're getting food pumped in your stomach with a tube. Yeah. You're getting a respirator on you, and that's called existing. That's not called freaking living. Right. Yeah. That's called existing. And at times, I almost wanted, and my dad, and people can say what they want, but I think my dad mentally spiritually wise wanted me to put a pillow and take him out yeah. because in, in essence his soul was gone and he, he was just a body uh, a shell and my mom went every day my mom was 87 so she wow. had to go every day to, and it just tore her up i mean it made her age fast but but, this, but she had to go through the stress of seeing my father every day at the you know at the assisted living but it's amazing how is it we can put a dog down or a cat down, but we can't put our loved ones down. I think the worry is people will abuse that. Yeah. Well, they passed it in California. Did you hear what happened in California? They did, now? and they, you do have to, if you want Oregon, wanted, yeah. there's a pill you can take now. Well, so and you, you have die. to go through a yeah. lot of different checks in order to do that. That's, yeah. uh, you know, Soldier Boy, that, that is, that's, that's a really, really hard issue for me. I see the sympathetic side of that is put someone out of their misery, but I also see it's just like uh, grant abortions to people who knowingly have a child that's going to be Down syndrome when they're born. To, well, to I, rid I, society I, yeah. of that, and so I mean, you get into uh, that is a very yeah, very. But doesn't that parent if the parent did that? 
they got to answer to the maker at judgment time. Yeah, but that, that's a that's a slippery slope. And I don't have on. a problem meeting the man and putting a pillow over my dad's face because you know what's ironic is before he had the stroke, which led to his you know Alzheimer's to you know to uh, his issue, is that he told me he said I came into this world like you said when I had to have my diapers changed. I sure as hell don't want to go out that way. Mm. And I think my dad's wishes are important. Yeah. It's his life. It's not the government's life to decide what's right and wrong. Well, that's, I mean, I mean look at, look at a person in stage. I mean, when you look at that individual and you love that person, okay, and, and you know that's not that's not my father, okay? And, and so somehow I was ready to take the pillow, and, and a friend of mine told me, he said, thank God you didn't. You would have been charged with murder. Right. Well, I tell you. I'd, no, I hear where you're coming from, and thank you for sharing this. It's very honest. All right, man. All right. Um, yeah, okay. You too. And it's, uh, I think the worry, legally speaking, is where's the limit? And any sort of system like that can be uh, abused, especially when you're talking about folks who maybe can't necessarily speak yeah, for themselves. And, and you have uh, proxies who might be willing to abuse it. But then I, I understand the point of view of somebody who's just and utterly... And, and see, and that even goes go to... To pre-birth, that's where the abortion yeah. issue gets all muddled up. Is, but then it goes to like the, the is, thing with the guy is, who's. It's in, okay from you know zero to fifteen weeks, but after fifteen weeks you can't do it. The and then they say, well, no, if you can do it up to fifteen, you can do it after fifteen. So where does it stop? But we've and, seen in like war movies and also in, in actual accounts from war where the guy's completely mangled and he's like, put a bullet in my head, put me out of my misery, and everybody kind of understands that. So it's a uh, Man, I didn't expect to talk about this tonight, but honest, tough issues. Really. It really is. Tough stuff. Well, but there are sweet things in life, too. We can do it all. We can do it all. We can make a lot of love before the sun goes down. I mean, like, going home for lunch. That's the one thing about being self-employed. I thought you were going to zip it. No. No, no, seriously. I, I just really enjoy is it like if I'm working close to the house, I can just like drop by and have a nice slice of trailer. blueberry pie. Yeah. There's always room for pie. Rowena's always cooking something up for me. Thank you for listening, folks. It's been real, it's been fun, it's been real fun. Join me tomorrow night, Joey Clark Radio Hour. Joey Clark.